spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 128th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast. Your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Um, had a long weekend, did a lot of a, of housework. Um, I have to say, Phil, I don't think, because I was like working on removing uh, popcorn ceiling from my house, right? Which is god-awful. Yes. I don't know who the fuck invented it, but I have never... In my life, been so dirty. What's the dirtiest you can ever remember getting or remember being? Has to be the... So I did it a few summers in a row when I picked rock. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you walk the fields and pick up rocks and throw them into the back of a wagon. like Or a back of a trailer being pulled by a, um, a tractor. And you would come home and you know how when you come home, you just want to take off your socks and throw them in the dirty laundry. You would just throw them away, like right (laughs) into the garbage. It was so bad. And yeah, and we were like, I threw away like probably two pairs of jeans after that because you couldn't, you know, you were, we were also bailing hay and stuff too. So it's not like you could wear shorts and it's hot as fucking balls out in those fields. You're wearing jeans and you're just covered in dirt. And then you're bailing hay, so you're covered in all of the uh, the weird pollen shit that the straw, the hay bales give off. So the yeah, that fibers. was about the dirtiest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, the hay, hay fibers, and uh, usually they're sharp, kind of, too. Uh, yeah, the, the other, speaking of farming stuff, the other time I can remember being really, or feeling really disgusting, is the few times I helped, like, clean out the chicken coop. And there's oh. fucking like three inches of chicken shit on the floor, and you gotta like break it up and then scoop it out. That that was uh, that was pretty disgusting. Yeah, chickens are pretty disgusting animals. Your dog Shep had the right idea. Just chase chase them down, give them a good bite and a shake, and then just drop <laughs> them. Hey, I don't know if that was Shep. I think that was a different dog. Shep was a. Uh, very peaceful animal. He was a very kind dog. You might be thinking of Gus. Gus was a uh, Helgian. Maybe, maybe it was Gus. Yeah, it could have. I know. I do remember seeing one of your dogs um, doing that. You know, taking down chick. I think it might have been. I think it might have been Shep actually, because we were younger. Okay, so, it could. It very yeah. well could be. I don't know. He's been dead. For a very long time now. Um, okay, uh, onto something less grim. <laughs> we got to talk about it, Phil. Number three in the country, Iowa Hawkeyes yes. football. How are you feeling? Yeah, being a worrywart uh, paid off, actually. So they did not disappoint me. Like, I was afraid that they might. And they completely fucking dominated. 
which we we were at the bar, you know, drinking up a storm, uh, having a really good time, me and my family watching the game. So we got Penn State this weekend. I assume that we're going to lose again just so I can be pleasantly surprised. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I mean, I don't think that we're, you know, if if they – they're going to hopefully make it to a big bowl game. Hopefully we're actually hoping that they don't go to the the playoff or the Rose bowl. We're hoping they go to the Fiesta bowl so that we can watch them here in Phoenix. So, Hell yeah, that'd be cool. You know what? I just yeah. realized um, this is something that I'd say as football fans, baseball fans, any sports fans, really uh, you don't get to, or I can't say as a Minnesota sports fan, you get to experience that feeling of like, your team not disappointing you. Um, it's It's mm. got to be a weird, like, imagine if you were a Kansas City Chiefs fan, a Green Bay Packers fan, a Patriots fan when Tom Brady was there, a fucking Broncos fan or Colts fan when Bate Manning was there. Like, can you imagine watching the game and just being like, we're probably not going to lose because we've got this guy on our team. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like, Phil. Maybe yeah, the Iowa Hawkeyes know. are that team this year for you. I remember being, so when I was very young, I remember being a Bulls fan, but not because I was a Bulls fan, because I was a Michael Jordan fan, as was every other kid, you know. Everyone was a, a fan of their, you know, home team and then a, also a Michael Jordan fan. So I remember, like, watching him play and thinking – I, I didn't know basketball that well. I thought that the coach was a moron for not just playing him every single second of the game. I didn't realize that, he, you know, he's a 37-year-old man. He needs to, you know, sit on the bench every once in a while. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember just thinking, like, what an idiot. Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan are sitting on the bench. What are you doing? You know, but. Some people got to, yeah. uh, you didn't realize uh, some people need electrolytes and shit to get back in the game. Yeah, um, I would say, honestly, well, growing up in Iowa, you don't really have like, you know, we had the Hawkeyes, but we don't have like a pro sports team to really follow. This year with the Suns, I really was feeling like that team pride. Like I felt like I was really becoming like a, a fan of a basketball team, which I never had been since like the Bulls. And I would also say this year with the Cardinals, it feels like they're going to do really well. So maybe we'll get that feeling too. I don't know. The uh, I'm not a baseball fan at all. So who knows? Maybe the Diamondbacks will be good in two or three years. But they're looking pretty pathetic. So I don't <laughs> think so. Tides are a turn in an old Arizona, Phil. Yeah, the uh, uh, the Cardinals have surprised me this year. I think they are pretty good. Pretty good. I don't know about the coach necessarily, but the players on the team are very good. Uh, but anyway, um, honestly, last thoughts here before we get in the episode. Honestly, if the a fucking mothership alien uh, the abducted the entire Minnesota Vikings football team, I think it would c- probably do us all a favor. Oh yeah, just get rid- <laughs> just go ahead and let the practice squad. Yeah, well, just out there. let's have like an intergalactic love boat. Um, tell all the <laughs> Vikings players there's cocaine and strippers up there. Just let them get abducted, and then they'll save the whole state a lot of misery and pain. Yeah, just tell. Uh, well, you got to tell Kirk Cousins that there's Jesus yeah. and uh, COVID truth on the, yeah. the spaceship to make him want to go. But <laughs> I saw a meme. I should have sent it to you, and it said, uh, 
we got to watch out. These liberals are putting vaccines in the candy this Halloween. <laughs> Tell your kids to be careful. <laughs> Reminded me of Kirk I, uh, Cousins. Yeah, after uh, so after Facebook and Instagram came back online uh, yesterday, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. I saw one of the fun, funniest memes that I'd seen in a while, and it was the main Facebook building. And but basically it had, you know, how at a, at a mall, those big stores will close down and you'll see like uh, um, Spirit of Halloween kind oh, of yeah. like tarp put over it it was a spirit of halloween tarp put over the facebook sign and it was like oh that was quick like, <laughs> uh, we thought that was pretty funny okay cool. i guess their stock took a billion dollar hit or something like that but real quick i had i don't know what happened exactly i had heard uh some russian hackers got him with ransomware i don't know if that's true or not i know ransomware is like oh. really on the uptick and you got to be real careful uh, but that's what I had heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, hopefully that isn't the truth and nobody's shit got stolen. I actually heard that there's a conspiracy theory out there that because of a report that came from a, like a leaked insider or a former insider from Facebook, they're actually scrubbing all of their internal data. That's what I heard was the, uh, the new conspiracy theory. Oh. So I have, I have no idea, but that's just what I heard. So. Well, maybe that'll be a sub a sub D episode here in the uh, near future. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to get uh, get down to some business here? Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Now, anytime someone who is con- considered to be a celebrity or person of influence happens to die, it tends to become a big news story simply due to the unexpectedness of their passing. Especially if someone dies at a younger age or younger than they would, we would expect them to die, such as Heath Ledger, Chester Bennington, or Pauly Shore. Uh, all very tragic deaths there, Phil. Which, uh, which celebrity death affected you? Well, I'm not sure. Pauly Shore's death, he's dead on the inside. <laughs> I don't know if he actually died. Can I say? But, uh, yeah, so, Heath Ledger was a big one. Let me say something about Pauly here. Um... I I look, I'm a fan of some of his movies. I'm not going to lie. Like probably just because we were young kids when we watched them, but yeah. his TikTok channel is very cringy and not funny in the least bit. Yeah, so I used to think that he was pretty funny when I was a kid and I'd watch his movies, but I've actually gone back and watched some of uh kind of like the stand-up stuff that he had and he was not very funny. The Basically, the the movie character, the weasel that he had in his movies, he also had it for his uh, his stand up, and it hasn't aged very well. It's not very good. <laughs> All right. Well, now usually the first question that gets asked when one of these celebrities dies is, "How did they die? What did they die from?" We usually assume uh, it's probably a drug overdose or something something like that which is sad to say, but usually celebrities, it's usually pretty cut and dry. It's either drug abuse um, or suicide or something like that. But occasionally, the circumstances surrounding the death of a celebrity just doesn't always seem to make sense and can cause a huge movement by their fan base wanting to get to the bottom of what exactly happened to these people, which leads us into the subject of today's episode, 
the death of a very young and very talented actress. Uh, we all know her by the name Brittany Murphy. How do you feel? Okay, I, I feel like when she died, I was going to say, were we, were you living in Minnesota still? I, for some reason, remember like being in contact with you like right when she died. I don't, I remember it was kind of like a big shocking thing. Um, I don't really, I'm not the kind of person that pays attention to celebrity news. So I didn't realize, you know, that she was kind of, um, like if she had been in a downturn or if she was having problems, I do remember like hearing that news. I also wasn't big on the internet back when this happened. So it's one of those things that I like, I saw on the news. See the thing that I, uh, that, that kind of gets me about her particular story is because you, you had Heath Ledger who just had died and then she died. And I think Amy Winehouse had died around that time as well. Um, and, and the interesting thing about her that I remember from my initial kind of uh, feeling of when it happened um, is she died and everyone just assumed that she had died like Heath Ledger had died of a a drug overdose of some kind. But the weird thing about her, and as we're about to find out, is the story seemed to kind of change over time and... I mean, after we finish this episode, I have a feeling like we we really s- technically still don't have a, a direct answer of what exactly happened to her. So it's quite fascinating in that regard. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, all of those deaths kind of happened pretty quick. It was kind of overshadowed by Heath Ledger's death because he had it seemed like he had just broken through. Uh, playing the Joker and seemed like he was going to be like the biggest celebrity in the world. And then all of a sudden he passed away. So kind of, that was the big shocker. I don't remember. I mean, Brittany Murphy, she was, you know, she was an actress and she was getting in like bigger and bigger roles, bigger and bigger movies. But I don't remember her death hitting me quite as hard as like Heath Ledger's just like the psyche of the whole nation. It hit. You know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he, he just came off of uh, Batman, uh, fuck, or The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, uh, yeah. Obviously, his best acting role ever. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he died, I think, while it was still in theaters, but it hadn't quite came out on, like, DVD or Blu-ray yet. Yeah, it had just, um, I don't know, it was still in theaters, I think. Mm. was what happened yeah so i'm not exactly sure but i know that the movie was still like in the box office when it when it happened so well anyway we'll probably end up doing a different episode about him but this is about Brittany murphy but like phil said she had died after him i do believe but but yeah i i just like i said i remember a pretty distinct um people feeling like okay you had heath ledger who died Brittany Murphy, who died, and then I think it was Amy Winehouse, and Amy Winehouse and Heath Ledger both died of drug overdoses, so everyone kind of just assumed that's what happened to Brittany Murphy, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but I don't... I Oh, I was going to say, I don't know if you're going to mention it. Was Brittany Murphy... Was she also in the, the 27 Club? No. No. A little no? too old. Okay. She's okay. a little too old. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, we're going to do the typical sub D thing here. We're going to learn all about her or as much as 
I can find about her. Um, but her birth name was actually Brittany Ann Bertoletti, uh, and she was born on November 10th, 1977 in Atlanta, Georgia. Her father was an Italian man by the name of Angelo Joseph Bertoletti, and her mother was Kathleen Murphy, who was of Slavic and Irish descent. This is probably why, in my opinion, Brittany Murphy, very attractive young lady. What do you feel, Phil? Yeah, the uh, I know that there's quite a lot of models who come from like Eastern Europe. So yeah, she it's fu- it's kind of funny because when she got her movie like her her start, she was kind of always the weird kind of dumpy friend or the awkward friend kind of with the annoying voice, and then all of a sudden she kind of like took off and was the she was the hot girl in all the movies. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, she was very pretty. Yeah. She's a very pretty young lady. Uh, now. When Brittany was just two years old, her mother Kathleen would divorce Angelo and then ending up end up moving Brittany and the rest of the family to Edison, New Jersey. Interesting name there. Now, the real interesting thing about this divorce, uh, at least according to one website, claims the reason that Kathleen divorced Angelo was because he was so heavily involved in organized crime, and they also made a claim that he was a made man in whatever mafia family. Now, I don't know if they're just leaning on stereotypes. or I if, was going to say, he is Italian. Yeah, I so, mean, his name, no. you know, Angelo fucking Joseph, and obviously the uh, Bertoletti, very Italian so what do you think? Do you think that was just to spice up her dad? Because her dad's not really part of her life after this. So, uh, Oh, I, yeah. I Obvi- well, obviously, I have no idea, but I wouldn't put it past like just some website trying to, you know, connect the red strings. And, oh, what's his last name? Bertoletti. Oh, yeah. He's in organized crime. <laughs> yeah. He must have he must have been involved with the uh, the garbage pickup game or the uh, labor unions took or something o- like that. He took over for the Iceman after he got uh, incarcerated there. Definitely. Spaghetti <laughs> pouring out of his pockets. Uh, now, Brittany's love for acting all began at the age of four when she started her training in singing, dancing, and, of course, acting. In 1982, when Brittany would have been about seven years old, her mother would enroll her at Vern Fowler School of Dance and Theater Arts in Colonia, New Jersey. I don't know if that is is a famous school or not, but uh, I guess it implies that it is made for aspiring actors or dancers. Hopefully it doesn't have the lady teaching it from the show Dance Moms. <laughs> this, this is where Honey know. Boo Boo went, I think, actually. She went yeah. to the Vern Fowler School of Dance and Theater Arts. Uh, Some gigantic angry woman screaming at young children. <laughs> now, again, one website claims that this following event transpired also when Brittany was a very, very young girl. The story goes that Brittany and her family were dining at a restaurant in New Jersey and they just so happened to be seated next to two Hollywood legends, Burt Reynolds and George Seagal. Uh, Brittany apparently approached the two men completely fearless and informed them that she was going to be a star someday. So 
again, I don't think Burt Reynolds is going to take time out of his day to like validate that claim. Or actually, he probably doesn't even remember if it was the eighties. I'm sure he was on a lot of cocaine, but cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, apparently. She did this. I don't know. What do you... Maybe it happened. We don't really know. Do you know who George Segal is? I do not know who George Segal is, but this does kind of sound like the... Like a mom story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it sounds a little... Especially you hear about these... uh, The mothers of child actresses or actors, and you just kind of expect them to have one of these mom stories, like the show mom story you know so what? you know what? i don't know obviously i will you know wasn't there have no fucking idea but it does kind of sound like it you I'm know it's funny say. funny that you mentioned that because uh as we're about to find out here and kind of through the rest of her life uh kathleen kind of embodies that i don't know what you call it like prototypical like mom stage mom i guess is what they refer to him as but just kind of like that leech that's just kind of attached to their daughter, daughter's success, I guess. Yeah, like Britney Spears' father. Yeah. Just kind of. Okay, he's an never, asshole, though. I don't think Kathleen's an asshole. But yes, a lot. maybe like yeah. more like T-Swift's parents. Yeah, oh, probably more like that. Maybe more of a, more of a nurturing thing than just getting the tentacles in and, you know, never letting go. I heard the uh, governor of California actually passed a what did he call it i think it was called the this uh the sprint free britney law or something like that something making it so people can't do that what happened to her (laughs) basically turn your basically turn someone into a slave yeah yeah yeah, more or less so uh i guess good on you for that governor newsom yeah, the one the one good fucking thing you've done. So. <laughs> That's nice. I don't, I have no idea. I just hear bad things. All I know is he's got a pretty haircut. Now, at the age <laughs> of thirteen, uh, the family, the Murphy family, would move out to California. Now, it's unclear if the sole reason for them moving out to California was to help Brittany advance her career or not. But what we do know is after they got to California. Kathleen, as I mentioned, kind of became a full-time, quote-unquote, stage mom, okay? So this means she is relying on her daughter to kind of pay for everything, more or less. Yeah, the hardest job in the world, (laughs) being a mom. Now, regardless of the circumstances, it did really seem to help because almost immediately, Brittany Murphy started landing all sorts of jobs on TV commercials. After the commercial appearances started rolling, the TV show roles uh, followed suit. In 1999, Britney's first ever television role was on a show called Blossom. Never heard of it. Followed quickly by an appearance on Drexel's Class in 1991. Have you heard of either of these shows? Yes. So the show Blossom... So you've seen the show Big Bang Theory, right? Yes. You remember Sheldon's girlfriend, Amy Farrah Fowler? Oh, yes, So, yes. Yeah, so the actress who played Amy was actually in a show in the early 90s called Blossom. So she played the, the title character, Blossom. And I don't really remember what the show was about. I just remember she wore really weird clothing. <laughs> and I think she was maybe a teenager. 
It was like her and her dad lived in a house and her trying to figure shit out. I've never heard of the show Drexel's Class, though. Yeah, I hadn't. I mean, Drexel's Class sounds like kind of familiar, but I don't think I've ever watched any of it. But anyway, God, what would she have been? Uh, 13, 14-ish years old, somewhere in there. So quite quite a young actress, uh, but it, it's great. I mean, I guess I was kind of just thinking Disney. I don't, I don't think she was attached to Disney, but, man, Disney during this time, during the early 90s, was like had all sorts of, what, 11 to like 16-year-old actors everywhere, actors, actresses. Yeah, I think that's when they were just starting out. So they had the big one was uh, the Mickey Mouse Club. Yes, was uh, that's the one that uh, Justin Timberlake and all of those like the the future pop stars. That's what they were all in. Um, a lot of them were. So this was kind of the era of the sitcom too, yeah. and they also kind of had sitcoms for young people. So um, if you if you go back and watch old episodes of like Full House and. Um, you know, some of those old, like the TGIF shows, Corey, the, uh, Boy Meets World, you'll see a lot of like future actors and actresses, like with little cameos on those shows. One of the famous ones is like Leonardo DiCaprio has a pretty, pretty big famous scene, like pretty big famous uh, uh, cameo role in some of those. Hmm. Well, actually, I'm going to be talking about some more shows she's in, actually, um, because she was in a lot of like big name shows that you wouldn't even probably recognize her at the time. You know what I mean? Just like you said, like a lot of other people as well. But I have some really, really fun trivia or not trivia, but really fun facts for you, Phil. And I know you are going to appreciate it. Um, Now, even though Brittany was acting on all these TV shows, she still was attending John Burroughs High School in Burbank, California. Now, fun fact here. Her prom date was actually another actor by the name of John Brandis. For those who don't know, John Brandis was snubbed for an Oscar for his beautiful role as Barry in the 1992 classic Sidekicks. Featuring the Chuck Norris. You remember Barry, main character. He went to prom with Brittany Murphy. Yeah, it's amazing that he didn't go on to have a huge Hollywood <laughs> acting career that John Brandis. He was actually himself in a ton of shit back then. Oh, like absolutely. You saw him all over the place during the 90s. He was kind of like, uh, I would say, remember Devin Sawa? Was that his name? The kid from Final Destination? Oh, yeah. Yep. He was, yeah, he was, uh, he was in a ton of movies, too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jonathan Brandon, by the way, Sidekicks, Oscar-worthy movie. Everybody should watch it. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Now, Brittany continued to act in different TV shows, which included Murphy Brown, Family Prayers, Kids Incorporated, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Frasier, Party Party of Five, and Sista Sista. While these were all smaller roles in the year 1995, she finally hit it big with her role as Trini in Boy Meets World, which would uh, become a semi-recurring character in the show 
I don't remember her in the show. I watch a lot of Boy Meets World, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> this picture here uh, that I posted, I just took this just for what she looked like in Boy Meets World. I'm guessing maybe she was, I don't remember this, Corey's girlfriend or maybe girlfriend or something. Maybe. Uh, I remember her from the show. I didn't, obviously, back then, you know, you don't know it's who who the hell it is. But I do remember the character. Um, she was kind of that, I, I was saying how she played early on, that kind of weird, kind of, you know, awkward, dumpy friend. I think that's kind of her role in this, too. I believe it's like when maybe he and Topanga were like split up. Mm. He was kind of like dating her on and off, maybe like kind of one of those side storyline deals. I do remember uh, seeing that character in the show, though. Okay, well, she looks a lot like to me uh, the character that she played uh, in Clueless, Ty. In Clueless. Yeah, Yeah. it looks a lot like that, but. I don't know. I I think Clueless might have been the movie that kind of really launched her off. Like yeah, really she had a yeah, she had a pretty decent role in Clueless, and I think that's the one that kind of launch padded her. Um, kind of like she was in all of like the teen movies. It seemed like after that, right, right. She was. I, I don't know that uh, she was awesome, and I'm not afraid to say uh, Clueless is a fun movie. Uh, her character's pretty sweet in it. I remember at the time, yeah. I always thought it was creepy that Alicia Silverstone like was in love with her brother or stepbrother or something. But oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah, didn't you think that was weird <laughs> at the time? Like, yeah, that was a little weird. They, uh, well, it's kind of they. If you ever watch the or listen, I should say to the podcast from the guys who do Small Town Murder. Uh, James and his wife, Sarah, do a show called P.S. I Hate This Movie. They actually do Clueless as one of the the movie reviews that they do. It's really funny. But yeah, they they talk to great lengths about how creepy the Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone relationship is in that movie. (laughs) Yeah. Now, after her role in Clueless, she would steadily continue to make appearances on different TV shows. Uh, She was also in the movies... Uh, Double Jeopardy, kind of remember that. Ashley Judd, she's another actress who I think vanished off the face of the earth as well. Yes. Uh, in 1999, she landed another huge role as Daisy in Girl Interrupted alongside legendary actress Angelina Jolie and Winona Ryder. I've never watched this movie, but I've heard it is fucked up. Yes. So she plays, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's a 20 something year old movie, (laughs) but so she plays one of the girls in the mental hospital who is a a hoarder. She hoards, her dad brings her um, like rotisserie chickens and she's, she hoards the, like the leftovers underneath her bed. Uh, She ends up getting an apartment at the end of the movie or a house or a condo or something like that. And she hangs herself. Yeah, uh, because of the mean things that Angelina Jolie's character says to her. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, yeah fucked up movie there. Uh, would you say it's worth a watch? Oh yeah, yeah, it's worth a watch. It's uh, it's a decent movie. I mean, it's um, you know, 
like it's an older movie. Most people probably have already seen it. But yeah, she plays a very good uh, character in this movie. Kind of a lot deeper than you're used to seeing her. So I feel like she. Well, let's let's just say um, Winona Ryder. I think this is one of the three movies she's not terrible in. Ah, yeah. I, I think. Um, of course, the great Adam Sandler movie. Edward Scissorhands. Uh, no, Adam Sandler. Uh, the one where he becomes a billionaire. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds. Yeah, that's the Winona Ryder movie that she's great in. Also, she's in the Star Trek movie. Uh, doesn't have many speaking roles. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. She's Spock's mom, right? The Spock's human mom. mom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Edward Scissorhands. This movie and what is the uh, Pride and Prejudice? Was that her in it? Oh, she's in Beetlejuice. She's in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yes. Okay. Uh, That's another good one she's in. Now, another factor of Brittany Murphy here. This is something I think a lot of people forget. Uh, in the year 2000, she became the voice of Luann Platter on King of the Hill. Uh, you don't, I don't really think about it, but then when you you hear that, you're like, oh yeah, that is her voice. Yeah, it's one of those things you don't you don't really notice it until I actually didn't know it until you just said it. And then I thought about her voice and I was like, oh, wow, that actually really fits. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like how you don't really know uh, some of the voices for the characters in these um, in these cartoons until someone tells you. So, yeah, it's uh, that one caught me off guard after I read. It. I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's right. I've heard that before. Kind of like what's her name? Who plays Meg? Um, Mia Kunis. Oh, Mia Kunis. Yeah. yeah. Also Eastern European descent. Mm. Yeah. Now, also in 2000, Brittany found uh, the role she might, I think, kind of became typecasted into. Uh, some of the movies she starred in, at, in during this time include Summer Catch, Riding in Cars with Boys, Just Married, and Uptown Girls. I feel like I've seen... Uh, just married and summer catch. I don't know about the other two. I've seen just married, but I don't know about the other three. Maybe riding in cars with boys. It's Drew Barrymore. Possibly, I've never heard of summer catch. Riding in cars with boys has Drew Barrymore in it, and summer catch I believe is actually Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, right? Oh, I thought that one was called Fever Pitch. Maybe that's Fever Pitch. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's Fever Pitch. Well, here's yeah. the thing. I feel like they started putting her in this, like, rom more romantic roles kind of during this time. There's a lot of these types of movies. Um, also, I think when she did Just Married is when her and Ashton Kutcher started had a relationship and almost got married a few times. But it yeah, didn't work Ashton out. Kutcher was in a couple of these these types of movies. Yeah, he like was during his early career. A after uh, Dude Where's My Car, his he kind of got tight ca typecasted into the uh, the dumb dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> into Kelso basically in every fucking movie he was in. Oh yeah, good point. He was basically just Kelso. I guess he forever. was. Yeah. I guess he was Kelso in Dude Where's My Car. Yeah, he was just growing up Kelso, who also s just smoked too much pot. <laughs> now, another huge role, I think this is probably compared to Clueless, I think this is probably Britney's next biggest role, came in 2002 
when she played Alex alongside cracker rapper Eminem in Eight Mile. This is a very good, uh, very good movie, I think. Yeah, great movie. Also, really big role. Um, I mean, it was a, I don't know if they knew it was going to be such a huge movie, but he was just coming off of selling multi-platinum CDs. He was probably one of the biggest, you know, performer, like biggest singers in the world, biggest rappers. So like a huge, a huge role to get. So, well, considering all the other rappers who try to become actors outside of like Will Smith, uh, Tyrese, uh, I think he's probably like a decent actor. Like those two guys, I think are, became really good actors. And I think uh, Eminem was very good in that role. Some of the other, like 50 Cent, not very good. Snoop Dogg, I don't think he's very good either. Yeah, probably um, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, I forgot Probably, about I him. would say the best. Yeah. Yeah, Ice Cube is very good, actually. All right, now. Yeah, I think, I, oh, I was going to say, I think only Eminem seemed really good in that movie because he was basically just playing his pretty Him, famous self. Himself, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Very true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, B-Rabbit. All right, now. Um, yeah. Britney's celebrity continued to grow, and she would go on to star in additional movies such as Little Black Book, Love and Other Disasters, the ramen girl but perhaps her two final biggest roles would come when she voiced someone in happy feet i've never actually watched the movie and when she played shelly in the movie sin city which i've seen way too many fucking times yeah also a huge movie especially for what were we like maybe 17 18 at the time this movie came out it's a pretty big movie for dudes our age. Yeah, so. it was uh it was very good. She basically played what Bruce Willis's was it Bruce Willis's like love interest or was it the Marv's like love interest? I'm not exactly sure. Um was I can't it remember. was it one of the prostitutes from uh well, I think she was from a the stripper. Hill? I think she's one of the strippers. A stripper? Oh, okay. I think I don't really remember. It's been a long, long fucking time uh, since I've seen that. Now in Happy Feet, yeah. have you seen Happy Feet? Yeah, I've seen Happy Feet. I've seen it like once, and it was basically uh, we rented it for my niece. Yeah, um, I don't really remember. I didn't really pay that much attention. I remember um, basically all of the penguins. Uh, they taught them how to sing, but this one liked to dance because he couldn't carry a tune. It's all I remember from the movie. So the interesting thing is Brittany Murphy. This is when she started to try like a singing career. And apparently she had a big singing role in Happy Feet, which kind of caught a lot of people's attention. Mm. So I guess it's kind of the natural progression sometimes for these uh, younger actors and actresses to try to become singers as well. So it kind of fits. Yeah. But uh, now Brittany, I was going to say, especially during this time, they were trying to give all of those, the, uh, the 20 something actresses like music contracts. They were trying to, they just assumed that if they were pretty and could act, they must also be able to sing too. So, right. Just like, uh, (laughs) Jessica Simpson's little sister. I can't remember her name. Ashley oh, Simpson. Yeah. She got Ashley caught lip syncing. Uh, but anyway, yep. now Brittany, like most of us, had a series of failed personal relationships, which included, like I mentioned, 
Ashton Kutcher and Jonathan Brandis. I wish that one worked out for her. But her most important lover was her last one. His name was Simon Mark Monjack, uh, born March 9th, 1970. Simon was an English screenwriter, film director, film producer, and apparently a makeup artist. Don't know why that. Uh, I guess he just is multifaceted. Simon and Brittany had met sometime in the year 2006, and in April of 2007, they were secretly married uh, via a Jewish ceremony they held at their Los Angeles home. So I think Brittany, Brittany Murphy was kind of a, a private person in that regard, um, which is kind of understandable. She just, I could kind of get that impression based off her demeanor that she's kind of a private person, I guess, wouldn't you say? Well, I could understand that too, especially someone who's been basically working since they were a little kid. Right. Um, oh, and she had become famous, you know, for the first time when she was a teenager and now, you know, just trying to get a little bit of privacy. I'm sure they were probably paparazzi looking to get pictures of, you know, find out that they were getting married, you know, get the pictures and everything. I was going to say about that dude, um, how he has like all these jobs like screenwriter film director producer and makeup artist so from what i hear about people who like become like want to get into like the behind the camera stuff directing a lot of times they'll do those small roles and they'll have to become like jack of all trades like they'll have to like produce these little movies screenwrite and maybe even do like makeup artist or you know hold the boomstick do all this little stuff too so i i have kind of heard about that you know that stuff becoming like more than just the director having to wear a lot of hats for those little movies it's when they first break out or break in, I guess you'd say. You got to kind of cut your teeth on the uh, the bitch work a little bit. Oh, yeah, because you can't afford to pay anyone to do the bitch work. So <laughs> if it's you and a few other people making this movie, you know, you got to divvy up the, uh, you know, someone's got to lay out the catering. Someone has to do all this little stuff, you know, <laughs> someone, you know, someone's got to fluff the actor and do all that shit. So. Right. Do the lighting and everything. Well, I guess Simon was that man. <laughs> now, there isn't a whole lot of information surrounding the relationship between Simon and Brittany, but the untimely death of Brittany Murphy also involves Simon because within just a year of her death, he's going to find himself dead as well, which is probably another huge reason why so many people question the death of Brittany Murphy because her spouse died almost immediately fucking after she did, which is really weird, and we'll try to get into the bottom of that. But are you ready to go through what happened on the day of her death, Phil? Yeah. How much of this, before I tell you this, how much uh, percent-wise do you know about what happened to her? Just uh, don't, I don't know. Have to say anything, just how much. I'm actually keeping myself from scrolling down too far to find out. All of that I know is that she died. Okay. That's all that I know. So it'll be a surprise for you and hopefully a lot of our fans as well here. So the precursor to the death of Brittany Murphy all started on December 20th, 2009. It was approximately eight in the morning when the Los Angeles Fire Department responded to a quote, a medical request call, uh, which brought them to the residence that Brittany and Simon shared together. 
Brittany had apparently collapsed in the bathroom, and when the firefighters arrived, they attempted to resuscitate her. She was then quickly transported to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Unfortunately, she would be pronounced as dead at 10.04 a.m. after going into cardiac arrest. Brittany Murphy was only 32 years old at the time of her death. Now, this is way too young for someone of her age to be dying. How do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, ah, damn, at the time we would have been in our early 20s. But thinking about it now, like I'm three, four years older than that. And obviously we don't, I'm not exactly sure like what she, like coroner's report, like she died of, but have a heart attack, a cardiac arrest at the age of 32. Uh, she might have been a pretty big bacon eater. I'm a little worried about that myself. <laughs> so I have yeah, no you, idea. You gotta be careful of that bacon, Phil. Yeah, I also love salt too, a little yeah. bit too much. Yeah. So. Well, I guess as long as your blood pressure's fine for now, uh, but it could cause you problems in the future. Yeah, I can definitely see myself going to the hospital when I'm 50, and the doctor. Just the dental hygienist gives me dirty looks about not flossing. I can imagine the doctor's going to give me dirty looks about not eating rice cakes and uh, doing <laughs> yoga and all that shit. So <laughs> Now, initially after Brittany's death, Assistant Chief Coroner Ed Winter told the press, quote, it appears to be natural in regards to her death. The first autopsy was performed the following day, and on her death certificate... Uh, The cause of death was listed as deferred. Now, at first glance, this might seem weird, but this isn't necessarily abnormal because it essentially just means that they are waiting for all sorts of uh, like tests and lab results to come back. About a month and a half later, on February 4th, 2010, the results were released. They stated that Brittany Murphy's cause of death was from pneumonia with secondary factors of iron deficiency anemia and multiple drug intoxication. Now, keep in mind, these drugs included hydrocodone, acetaminophen, uh, L-methamphetamine, and chlorpheramine. Uh, It is believed that she was taking all of these because... She had a lingering cold or some other type of respiratory infection. So these drugs are, while yes, they can be taken as or abused, these are generally prescribed medications for um, uh, whatever colds, uh, respiratory infections. Some of these you can get over the counter like acetaminophen is literally fucking ibuprofen. So, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily weird. Yeah, hydrocodone, acetaminophen are pretty common. Um, the L-methamphetamine, I wonder if that's some kind of steroid. That's kind of what I was wondering when I saw yep. kind of like the other, when you're, um, for the cold, when you were talking about how she was being treated for a cold, maybe some kind of steroid. I've never heard of chlorpheniramine i've never heard of that before yeah but i um it is it's crazy if she would have died 10 years later from this it would have been covid she would have (laughs) it would have been a very famous covid death right uh well 
if you see, I mean, technically, I think from COVID, you can develop pneumonia, which is effectively uh, fluid in your lungs, right? I'm pretty sure you don't need to test positive from COVID to die from COVID. So <laughs> well, that's needs, CNN just needs to confirm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. So you don't want pneumonia. I was like, we'll just say that. Okay. We can agree. You don't want pneumonia here. Um, oh, definitely not. Now the story gets weirder because roughly five months after Brittany's death on May 23rd, 2010, Simon Monjack spouse of Brittany Murphy was found dead in the exact same house that she had died in again after the autopsy results came back it was determined that Simon Monjack had died of acute pneumonia and severe anemia having died in almost the exact same manner that Brittany Murphy had died it kind of makes you wonder what exactly happened to these two and even though we are, you know, 50 minutes in here or whatever, uh, we are going to be starting the conspiracies. Does it just me? Okay, let's just say starting at this point, you hear these two people died in a very similar fashion. It kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit, right? Yeah, especially, I mean, he was only a tiny bit older than she was. Um, you said she was 32. I believe at the time he would have, you said 19... 19- 70 he was born yeah so he'd have been 40 years old yeah um for him to die of ammonia and anemia um exact same manner that she died in it is it's quite odd um unless they had the exact same sickness maybe uh a situation like that but he died what a few months after she died yeah about five months yeah so yeah we'll kind of kind of try to get to the bottom of what happened to her uh like i said they nobody technically has a definitive answer still um allegedly hbo is going to be releasing a like in-depth documentary about her and her death but that is i don't think until late this year or next year so we gotta wait for that but we'll start off um with probably what i would consider probably the most unlikely answer uh for her death in november of 2013 britney's father angelo launched his own independent investigation into the death of his daughter he claims that the forensic pathologist that he hired ran his own toxicology report and they found there were different types of heavy metals in britney's blood after hearing this information angelo is adamant that someone close to Brittany had actually murdered her. His inclination was that her husband, Simon Monjack, had actually murdered her. He believed that Simon had became very controlling and was doing everything possible to try to ruin her career, which, in one of the other conspiracies, there might actually be some credence that Simon was not helping her advance her career at all we can just say that but uh what do you what's your initial feelings on angelo's claim here i mean i kind of i like this one it's uh i was kind of thinking in my head trying to think what kind of poison from all the true crime that i listened to from like you guys and a few other uh, podcasts out there like what would cause pneumonia 
ammonia and anemia. I was trying to think of all of, you know, the usual suspects, maybe strychnine, maybe, you know, lead, something like that. Uh, some of the other popular ones to use. But I mean, heavy metals, maybe it was something involving like their water pipes or maybe something like if the house is the common denominator, you know, could be something in the house. We will get into that. Um, okay. From what I was reading, the reasoning they gave her father, why these metals were inside of her bloodstream was because of her repeatedly dyeing her hair. So, again, I don't know if that is a reasonable <laughs> reason for having those in her bloodstream. I don't really know. Seems a little fishy to me, but that is what they told him, why those were showing up. Um, now, to lean more into Angelo, uh, fans of Brittany Murphy began to speculate that she might have actually been murdered by her own mother, uh, Kathleen Murphy. Now, one okay. of the biggest reasons for the speculation was reportedly right after her daughter Brittany had died, Sharon and Simon Monjack literally started sharing a bed together, which seems to actually have some truth behind it. Now, I don't know if they were just sleeping in the bed together for comfort or what, but they're pretty certain they were sleeping in the same bed, which is kind of weird. I guess Simon is an English person. Maybe that's normal, but I don't know. And to make things even weirder, Simon Monjack, when he was found dead, he was in that exact same bed that Simon and Kathleen were sleeping together in. Okay. It's... Yeah, you never want to, uh, I don't know, judge someone on how they deal with their grief um, uh, and prefer to be alone in bed. But uh, yeah, I do not know. I've never heard that. So that's kind of new to me. Um, so yeah, that's a little that's a little odd. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you look at it through the right lens, you could be like, OK, so maybe the mom did kill Brittany to get with Simon, but then Simon didn't actually want her, so she killed Simon too. But I think that's a few too many, um, too many uh, barriers to get through. I don't think that is necessarily the most logical answer. You also worry about these like stage moms or show moms kind of having that Munchausen's by proxy disease. So maybe like trying to hurt their kid. It's just that. She was a little bit old for this at the time, like 32 right. years old. If it would have happened to her when she was like 12 or 13, you would definitely assume that. But, you know, quite a bit older uh, was Brittany. So, but I mean, a slow poisoning just to make her sick, just to maybe retake control of her career and of her. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. I will give Kathleen credit because she does seem to, uh, let's see. Brittany and her mother seem very close because her father wasn't really in her life. So I'll give credit for that. Um, I think the death of Brittany definitely seemed to drive Kathleen a little crazy as we're going to kind of see or hear about through the rest of these conspiracies. But again, I don't know that first one. Like I said, it's kind of the, Probably the most unlikely, but it's still an interesting aspect of the 
of her death. Now, as you kind of mentioned, let's talk about the house. Well, uh, the next one is mold, okay? The basis for this particular conspiracy all began right after the death of Simon Monjack due to the fact that both Brittany and Simon had died in the pretty much the exact same fashion. The Los Angeles County Department of Health speculated the home they lived in could actually have contained some sort of toxic mold. This is something you have to worry about in your house. You uh, Typically, you'll hear black mold. That shit will kill you. Generally, you'll get sick first, but it can eventually kill you. Now, they claim that if the previous homeowners knew about it, there was some sort of non-disclosure agreement attached to them purchasing the house, so they wouldn't have had to actually have mentioned that the home had mold in it if they knew. Now, Ed Winters, the the uh, coroner, the initial coroner said that he didn't see any indicators that either of them had died from some sort of mold disease or something or another, but... The interesting aspect is Brittany's mother, Kathleen, initially, okay, initially said the whole mold idea of her daughter dying of this toxic mold was completely absurd. But then a year later, a year, literally one year later, she switched her tune and was heavily leaning into the fact that she believed her daughter died of toxic mold. So I don't know if she's losing her mind a little bit or... If, I don't know, I guess she does kind of look suspicious by changing her stances all the time, but uh, what yeah. do you feel about that one? Yeah, um, that that black mold is pretty scary stuff. It can basically hide behind your drywall. So even if you really can't see it, your walls might be just infested with it. I actually, that in that house that I lived in in England, there was black mold because the bathroom wasn't very drywall in my bathroom and I would, I would kill it with bleach, but it just kept coming back because it basically lived inside the drywall. Ugh. Yeah. That's not good. No, it wasn't good at all, but luckily I'm from Iowa. I've got a strong, uh, strong Northern European immune system. So <laughs> I can handle it. I grew up around pigs my whole life too. So that helps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I guess that would help, but, uh, but yeah, that, that it is funny because, I think the mold one is the reasoning I had heard the most of of her death is mm. like there was something in the house that killed them without them realizing it, like a, a mold or like some toxic something another in there. I guess the mold would kind of explain pneumonia because I assume if you get this, uh, what is it, what would it be, a fungus fungi poisoning or whatever they consider mold i assume that would wreak havoc on your lungs if you were breathing it in yeah there is um so in arizona there's actually everyone calls it desert fever it's basically like a mold gets kicked up by the wind and it kind of you breathe it in and it gets in your lungs it grows in inside your lungs and supposedly like it never goes away and there's really no way that you can ever get rid of it so Ooh. it's kind of, you know, it, it, it flares up and dies down, but it's something that you always hear like people get. So there is like maybe some environmental, you know, killing both of them living in that same house. 
uh, possibly his immune system was better, so he survived for longer or did or caught it later. But I also kind of I'm kind of torn between maybe environmental factors so far and possibly in my head I'm thinking that maybe Simon uh, like possibly could have poisoned her like maybe trying to do like a slow poison to try to control her and then he might have accidentally overdosed her believing maybe that people might become like be maybe onto him maybe he poisoned himself to try to you know like redeem himself in death kind of situation right but those those are just those are just wild theories that my brain's coming up with like <laughs> trying to figure all this out trying to put it all together so i we probably haven't even heard all of the conspiracies yet we got two more and then okay you you will piece together the uh the mystery in your head and then regurgitate it to our fans here okay okay yeah i'm <laughs> This is really interesting. I'm trying to keep myself from scrolling down so I can learn about this at the same time that our listeners are. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, let's get through the next one here. Um, drugs. It was a drug overdose. Uh, after seeing all the drugs in Brittany's system, it would be easy to assume that perhaps she had some sort of a substance abuse problem. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, you have the death of Heath Ledger and then her and then Amy Winehouse. It kind of makes you wonder. But mm -hmm. the most interesting aspect of this belief is that there are actually quite a few contradicting reports. After her death, several people came out of the woodwork claiming that Brittany had not only a problem with prescription drugs, but also she was heavily invested in other substances such as like cocaine, things like that. But the people closest to Brittany Murphy were adamant that she did not have any sort of addiction problem, although she did take some prescription medications throughout her life due to chronic pain that she suffered from uh, when she was in a car accident earlier in life. Now, that would not okay. be uncommon because sometimes you get in an accident and you are just fucked for life. So it, I feel like in this scenario... When you she initially died and then all these randos come on me and go, oh, yeah, she's a drug addict and shit. Those are just people yep. who are slinging mud. Didn't take those too serious. But the like her mom and when her husband was still alive and some of her closest friends said, no, she did not have a drug problem. So what do you feel about that one? Well, you have to be worried about just as much with the people who are closest to her because they have a bias also so there are these people who obviously coming you said out of the woodwork people who maybe are looking for a paycheck out of this maybe looking to have their story told you know get some money for it who claim that she has all these drug problems you also have people who are highly invested in her estate who are trying to maybe keep her name good so also saying the op they're saying the opposite they're saying that she didn't have any sort of drug problem at all just clean as a whistle you almost have to kind of look at third party people who don't really have a, a dog in the fight don't really have anything you know like their money situation isn't going to be changed by uh the fact that maybe she was a drug addict or never touched drugs so i i yeah i will agree that uh you know some shit that happens to you earlier in life will cause you chronic pain later. Uh, so I can see her taking pills for that. Um, I don't really, it's kind of hard to say because she wasn't really like a famous one for taking a lot of drugs. 
you never really heard about her being in and out of rehab like a lot of the other famous celebrities like of the time. Right. So it, it, it wasn't really like part of the her thing. So it kind of just came out of nowhere. The uh, I th- I think a lot of the drug stuff came because she had kind of gotten really thin towards the end of her mm-hmm. life. Um, and I, I think people speculate that maybe she was on drugs. I do remember that a little bit, but uh, because you know when she was in Clueless, she looked a lot different than like even Sin City or like um, even Eight Mile or like right before she died. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there is also a lot of pressure on actors and actresses to like look a certain way, especially when they want to start breaking through into some of those leading roles. So I can imagine her being like a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, having some baby fat on her, looking a little bit uh, like slightly larger. Like for a normal human, she's like, you know, very attractive, looks great. But for Hollywood, they're going to want her to be bone thin. Right. And, you know, fake tits, fake ass, you know, basically just, unrealistic body wise you know yeah that's how uh that's how shitty hollywood can be for certain all right now i'm gonna move on to the final conspiracy here and to me this one seems like the most logical but on on that same note it will almost seem to be kind of the most unbelievable series of events as well so it's kind of it's very strange, but I will be curious what you think of it. Okay. Now, now, it all began in November of 2009. Brittany Murphy was flying to Puerto Rico to shoot her next film called uh, literally Caller. Now, it seemed that Brittany decided to bring along her mother, Kathleen, and her husband, Simon. The story goes that Simon was banned from the set for I don't know how many times he did this, but he kept showing up drunk and causing a disturbance. So Brittany decided to just go ahead and quit the film altogether. Now, she she claimed that the reason she was quitting is because they tricked her into believing she was acting in a thriller movie, but it was actually more of a low-budget horror movie. Now, remember when I said that Simon... Seem to be kind of fucking up her career a little bit. Um, yeah. If he is literally showing up and ruining her job because he's shit faced, like that's not a good look. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. And I mean, I could also see why she would not want to, you know, uh, show up in some low budget horror movie, uh, very shitty. Uh, kind of, it almost is a a tarnish on her like very good resume as of, you know, so far she's been in like a lot of good movies. Um, one of those deals where, uh, unblemished really. So right. showing up in some shitty horror movie would really kind of hurt her stock. I right. imagine. Right. So it could be kind of two fact, twofold factors there, but Brittany, Simon and Kathleen decided they were going to go ahead and just stay in Puerto Rico for the next eight days on their own little personal vacation since they are already here. Mm. Now, after the trip was over, on the plane ride home, both Kathleen 
and Simon allegedly had became severely ill with Staphylococcus aureus, uh, which is the bacteria found in staph infections. It was apparently so, it got so bad on the flight, they had to make an emergency landing to take Simon to the fucking hospital. Ouch. It, it is speculated that this illness was then transferred to Brittany Murphy and eventually she would have to suffer with this illness over the next six weeks and couldn't seem to get rid of it. And ultimately it was going to cost her her life. Now, according to Kathleen Murphy, prior to her death, Brittany said some very, very ominous things such as these are exact quotes that Kathleen said Brittany told her before she died. Quote, Mommy, I can't catch my breath. Help me, help me. Or, quote, I'm dying. I'm going to die. Mommy, I love you. Now, uh, Kathleen claims that initially she didn't take what her daughter was saying very serious because, according to Kathleen, Brittany was known to have a bit of a flair for the dramatic. Look, we all know people like this Mm. who get sick and are a little bit overly dramatic about it, okay? But I feel like if someone told me I can't breathe, I might be taking them to the hospital. That's just me. But basically this whole thing is is that in a freak thing, they were in Puerto Rico, her mom... And her husband caught this weird uh, staph infection and it kind of transferred to Brittany, lingered, slowly killed Brittany, and then eventually it slowly killed her husband, Simon Monjack. So what do you feel about this one? I I feel like we would have heard more about because if you were sick for six weeks with mm. staph infection, I feel like you would have went to the hospital a couple of times for it yeah. at least. Yeah. So I'm not not too sure about this one. It does make a lot of sense why she was on all of those uh, medications when she died. Right. Why she, you know, uh, doctor prescribed medications. Um it is, yeah. Uh, it sounds fucking terrible. Uh, about the things that she said, I actually did get sick. One time when I was in college, I got something called the rhinovirus uh, from uh, one of the friends that I had out there. Um, and basically for about eight days, I thought and my roommates thought that I might die because I was just like, it was bad. Like I was very, very skinny back then. And they said that I was looking like a skeleton. Basically, I had lost so much weight. So, but that was, I was only sick for just over a week. Um, Yeah, to be sick like that for six weeks, I could see how that could really, uh, like, take someone down. I think that's usually why they tell you if you're sick for more than, like, a week, I definitely should go to the hospital. Yeah, I grew up... uh, (laughs) I wasn't exactly we weren't we weren't the type of family that went to the hospital when you got sick. <laughs> I hate so. to say it, Phil. Most of America is the family <laughs> that says don't go to the hospital <laughs> because you have one choice. Ride it out and uh, you know, have money or go to the hospital and potentially lose everything you have. So it's kind of you're dead either way. Pretty much. 
Yeah. Financially or physically, you're going to die either way. Okay. Now I want to, you know, you said you're having a little brain scramble here. Um, I want to know what is your, like I said, nobody seems to have a definitive answer on what exactly killed the two of these people. Um, What is you, what do you feel? It's weird. So apparently Kathleen at first believed, well, at first Kathleen knew that her daughter was sick from this staph infection, according to this last conspiracy. But she also changed her tune, like, what was it, a year later, that it might be mold? So I find that kind of interesting. I mean, you got to give all of them, like, little percentages. I, I really do think that having a staph infection like that could have taken her down. But you would have... I mean, you feel like she, you know, she obviously had money. Um, she had people depending on her, people who would have like made sure she went to the hospital. I don't know if it was really this one, but I do. I mean, foul play obviously jumps into my head right away. But I just wonder, like, who would have caused it to her? Everyone, like, she was the pity. She was the piggy bank for so many people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Her mom's really fishy in all of this, I think. Mm. But again, like you said, you never really know how people grieve. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe if she deep down felt like the staph infection that she contracted accidentally ended up killing him, maybe that was like guilt and then she blamed on the mold. I don't know. But maybe somebody did killer i don't know that either it's just it's such a weird thing and it's such a weird way to die when you when you have someone who is 32 years old and like 39 40 years old it's a very weird way to die yeah especially i mean with the problem is the fact that they both died the exact same ways lends to i mean either it's environmental it's something in the house or this whole situation with staph infection would make sense. The problem is that would mean that he had staph infection for months before he died. Right. So that one's kind of hard. The Here's the other thing. The, the iron deficiency anemia, okay, that I don't think, I don't know how abnormal that is, but um, my mom said I had that when I was like a little kid. So they used to give me vitamins. Um, okay. And the last time I... Like right after my car accident, actually, they told me my iron levels were low again. So maybe it's something I just will always deal with. But uh, but it seems like both of them having like severe iron deficiency. That seems a little weird, too. Mm. I wonder if having a staph infection and shitting your brains out causes low iron and anemia. Good call. Actually, that is a good call. You know what? We should say, too, um, I know you can have pneumonia and not even realize it till it's too late. I definitely know that can happen. Um, there's, Dude, I've known several people who are like, I was kind of feeling sick, and then I went to the hospital. They did x-rays of my uh, lungs, and they're like, dude, you got fucking pneumonia, you know? Uh, so yeah. that can certainly happen. Uh, but like you said, she was pretty rich, and I'm assuming her husband was quite wealthy too from his accolades. So you think they would have went to the hospital? Yeah, you would think that this was a situation where, um, 
at least maybe like, you know, if the studio was trying to get you to work or your agent or your people were trying to get you to work too, you would think that they would make sure to set something like this up. I was going to say also pneumonia, from what I've heard, can be a side effect from having other health problems. Like being in poor health can cause pneumonia just because your body isn't able to um, like fight off fight back things that it normally would easily be able to. So yeah. if she did have the staph infection, maybe that caused all of these things, like these, these symptoms to come on and it made it look like they were the main thing, even though she might've had something else though. I do think that a autopsy would probably have shown that she had a staph infection. Yeah, you would think so, but it didn't, I don't know. didn't bring any of that up. And, uh, mm. Like, her going into cardiac arrest, I think, could literally have been because maybe she wasn't... I don't really know how that works if, like, her lungs are so full of fluid from the pneumonia, it, like, chokes out the heart. I'm not really yeah. certain on that, but, um, yeah, a nasty fucking way to die, I can say that. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is, I think, one of the very few conspiracies that we've talked about that kind of doesn't have a definitive answer, at least doesn't really seem to... Like, I don't know if I could say I feel 100% comfortable with any of these possibilities. Yeah, no, I I mean, it it kind of feels like it's a mix between at least a few of them. Uh, like, one thing led to another, led to another. Maybe she had a poor immune system because of prolonged drug use, which made her more susceptible to the staph infection, and also the staph infection, you know, mixed with the mold maybe caused something. Who knows? I mean, it's so uh, it, it could be one of those weird things where it's just a bunch of things or maybe it's something that we're not even talking about. Well, know? I didn't include this because I thought it might been might have been too far out there, but they claimed she and he might have been killed by some sort of because uh, there some they were like a whistleblower for something. Jeff uh, Bezos, dear God. <laughs> and the only reason they brought up that was because Simon had started to get kind of paranoid. And I guess he had installed like a ridiculous amount of cameras on their property, like mm. prior to her death. So, but then again, you know, everybody's like, oh, they were assassinated by something. But so, you know, we've heard it all on this show. It could be very Tiro killing these, these people for some reason. We don't really know, but, uh, I, I was going to say, I do remember hearing um, possibly she might have been implicated in uh, some of the like Illuminati stuff or uh, basically like what runs show business, all the secret societies that, you know, the, de the devil worshiping stuff and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe that's part of it, too. But by the way, everyone should listen to the latest episode of Last Podcast on the Left. Learn a little bit about the satanic panic. It is hilarious. Uh, but anyway, Phil, if people want to reach out to us and tell us what they believe happened to poor Brittany Murphy, where can they do that? Yeah, they can get a hold of us on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. You know, if you've heard other theories about this, that'd be great too. Uh, probably the easiest way, though, to get a hold of us would be through our Instagram subliminal deception podcast on ig uh who knows if ig is going to stay up or be down over the next few days so you know get her get your messages into us 
Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts, minus SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at CodyZabub or follow me on TikTok and send me some funny videos. Uh, the last thing we need you guys to do, and there have been a lot of you who have taken the time to do it, is to leave the show a five-star review. It doesn't really matter what you say as long as it is five stars. Or if you're a Spotify user, all you got to do is hit that follow button. It is like a review for Spotify. So thank you guys very much. I hope you enjoy the uh, episode and maybe have a little more clarity on the death of poor old Brittany Murphy. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>